Hello, welcome to Focus on Fantasy Romance, episode number 48, a podcast where we discuss books, industry, genre, and our geeky lives. I'm your host, Al Klaus. I'm A.R.D. Clerk. I'm Paulina Woods. And Isabel is waving. <laughs> so we have a mixer topic today, so we're going to start with news, as we do at the first week of the month. News is slow for me um anthology is going through proofreading um this even the bandit lord is with beta readers and i am going to be going back to college uh starting the first of november to finish my business management degree and i'm doing that because i'm sick of getting passed over for promotions and my work will pay for it so kind of no-brainer now amy what's your news I have no news. Um, it's been a really shitty past couple of months <clears throat> for me. I was pushing through trying to finish a novel, um, knew that it wasn't right, and I was still trying to do it anyway, which was very bad. <clears throat> and so what I eventually did was trash the whole thing and start all over again. So from 40,000 words to zero. <laughs> so I'm right back at about 5,000 words now but a much better voice and style um to finish out the series so uh the anthology is in proofreading and basically that's about it i'm hoping maybe i'll have a holiday short story out um this year and that's all my news p what's your news um i have two books coming out in november I have, they're both in anthologies. Um, one is following my witch's amulet story, and the other one is a brand new kind of feel that I'm going for. It's like Genie Shifter, Genie and a Shifter. Um, so those two books coming out, I just started book four of my witch's amulet, Mate's Guardian, which is a mermaid, so my mind's all mermaid right now. And what else, what else? Oh, I moved my room around, took all my books off the bookshelves. Now I have two bookshelves. Each of them are like two stacks deep. Yay! I need to get another bookshelf because it will look pretty. Yeah, that's about it. I'm good. And I believe Ish doesn't have anything. Right, Ish? Yes. So, Elle, back to you. Okay, so today's topic is inspiration, and I thought we'd break it down to, into little subcategories, and we'd start with how how we got started writing, like what originally inspired us to write. Um, so the what inspired me to write was actually an assignment that I was given, I think it was in fourth or fifth grade, it was write a short story about something and I don't remember what the story was about specifically just that it was in a jungle and it had uh, you know a boy and a girl that were in some type of relationship and that was that was how it all started for me and, and that was how I knew I wanted to do this whole crazy writing thing um, so yeah like like a lot of authors it bit me bit me young so what was the thing that originally inspired you to write Amy um, I think what inspired me to write was basically the fact that uh, my mother is a huge bookworm. 
<clears throat> she reads she's um pretty much obsessed with true crime and um the civil war and world war ii <clears throat> so not only did she read nonfiction and always had a lot of nonfiction books, but she was also reading fiction at the time. And she would take us to the library with her. So I got my first library card when I was about four years old. You know, as soon as you can write your name, which my name's only three letters, um, as soon as you can write your name, you could get a library card. So she would take us to the library. And that was like, we lived literally in the middle of nowhere. The library was like, you know, a giant thing for us to get to go. So um, she would take us to the library and let us pick out two books, and then, you know, we would learn to read those. So I think that's kind of where my obsession with words started, and um, I have a really good memory. So I was able to memorize books, so people thought I was reading, but I really wasn't. I had just memorized what other people read to me. Um, and that made me feel, like, really awesome, because people were like, oh my god, you're four years old and you can read a book, which I really wasn't reading it. <laughs> Was just reciting it but um so then my mom would give us pencils and paper and say you know write your own stories and so then we would and then we would read them to each other we would play school all the time and we would always give each other assignments because we i have a large family lots of brothers and sisters so we give each other assignments you know write a story about x or o or whatever so i think that's really where it kind of began with me is i always wanted to see if i could outdo my brothers and sisters and write the best story or the most exciting story or the scariest story or whatever. So I kind of just took it from there. And then, you know, like every teenage girl, I wrote poetry and songs, um, did plays in high school. And then, you know, as time went on, it progressed to novels and short stories and that kind of thing. So I think that's where it started with, for me as, as with my mom. P what about you? So my nickname, I'm laughing because I'm thinking my nickname growing up was called Mama. And it wasn't because I was nurturing or nice or whatever. It's because I was bossy as fuck. And um, my earliest memory, honestly, I tell my mom things. And she's like, dude, you were only three years old or you were only two when that happened. Um, but I seriously remember in preschool is when my storytelling started. Um, I had a bully in, in preschool. He was mean. And his name was James. And I know his last name now is James Hanna, but at the time I didn't. His name was James. And one, and he was just, he bullied me all the time. He would push me. He would do all kinds of things. And one day, I can tell you, I was supposed to push the girl. She had like laryngitis. Her liver was shutting down, so she was yellow. But we all got to push her wheelchair. And one day, it was my turn, and he pushed me down and pushed the wheelchair. And I was mad. I went home, looked at my older brother, and I said, I hate James. And he's all... Who's James? And I, I swear to God, I looked at my brother and said, my arch enemy. At that moment, I created a whole world that my family still plays in. And I think that's where my storytelling came from is at three, like literally, even my mom, she still talks about, it. she was like three years old. I created such a strong world that as my siblings were born, as my younger sister, younger brother were born, they were pulled into the world. And they can literally recite to you who James is, Jamestown, how it's run, who's the mayor, what it looks like. I built this world. And in our backyard, as kids, we had streets, a red wagon. We had storefronts. We had a battleground. <laughs> and all of this stemmed from one little boy being a bully in, in, when I was three years old. And after a while, 
my siblings kind of grew up and I was still trying to boss them around in my little world, my mom gave me a diary and she's like, here, <laughs> write in this. And she still has those diaries. And it's really interesting to just see how I was a writer since I was three years old. I created worlds that were very intricate. Even my, like my mom, we had currency. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like we had money and we would trade for like snacks to go to school. <laughs> and like this, it's weird. And my brother's eight years younger than me, eight years younger than me. And he can literally tell you about Jamestown, how it's run, where it started, how it started. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> so I think my love of writing, I was born with it, honestly. I can, I'm one of those rare people, I guess, that was just born with it, and I had a trigger, and it popped out, <laughs> and it was really cool, <laughs> so that's where my love of writing came from, and if you ever want to know about Jamestown, I'm thinking of actually writing a story on it, because it's funny, but um, it's your turn. Well, I didn't actually develop a love for writing until I was an older kid. In my teenagers, I wasn't born with it. I, I was an avid reader from a very young um, age. I used to live at the library. Uh, but I actually didn't start writing until I got punched in the face. Uh, I, I, Isabel wasn't always a good girl. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I was sent to an alternative school for, you know, stupidity now, I realize, of course. Um, and while there, I got into a fight with a boy in, in the middle of class. His name was Steve. Just leave it at that. And it resulted in me getting punched in the face because I wasn't fast enough to move. <laughs> and, well, our punishment was we had to write a 500-word uh, essay, which really sucks <laughs> when you don't feel you were in the wrong. <laughs> But anyway, I wrote the essay, you know, I, I did my apologetic bullshit, patience is a virtue, virtue, blah, 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 and turned it in after my suspension. I had like a three-day suspension, I think, with it, too. Uh, turned it in, and all the ladies in the office were like, this is really good. Oh, my God. Do you like to write? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but I read a lot. So... It just kind of sat with me for a long time, the praise I got. They actually hung up my disciplinary, you know, essay on, on the bulletin board in the office. So <laughs> everybody knew I was in trouble. <laughs> but I wrote a really good essay. <laughs> so I, I really didn't think about it. I just continued to read my books and that. And then one day I came across a book, and it really pissed me off the way it ended. I was like, that's not how it should have ended. I could write this better. So, and I just, I was actually about 15, 16. I was late to the game for writing for, you know, compared to you guys, three and four. But I got out my mom's old beat up typewriter, you know, pecking away at the keys and never did finish a story though. I, I always tried and I just like, you know what, screw this. <laughs> I'm going to go back to reading. But it just, it sat with me all these years that one day I'm going to be a writer. I didn't know when. I didn't really know how or what I was going to write at that point, but it just, it, like I said, it just stuck with me that I have a talent for writing. And then when I returned to college in my twenties, I had to write, it was actually my first essay. I think it was on um, the Greek gods or something. The first class I took and the teacher, she's like, have you considered professional writing and her feedback? And I'm like, 
and that's when I wrote Twish Upon a Roman. So <laughs> from there, it just kind of took off. Yeah, I think I, I didn't, I wasn't two or three. Fifth grade is what, 12? I have no idea. Um, but yeah, whenever the bug hits you, you just got to kind of roll with it. So to kind of segue, being, um, necessarily mean that we're going to pursue publication however everyone here has pursued publication so I want to know what it was that inspired you to um, pursue that publication I didn't get published or I didn't start seriously seeking publication until like 2014 although I had been writing uh, in NaNoWriMo since 2004 so the first time I won NaNoWriMo, which means I just hit 50,000 words on a story, uh, was 2006. And I think I've won NaNoWriMo like six times. So I've got, I keep hearing this phrase that you have to write a million words before you get really good at writing. I think I've managed to do that just because I've done NaNoWriMo so much. But so I had, I had all these stories and I was like, you know what, I don't want all this effort to be for nothing and I don't want my audience to be limited to my immediate family so I'm like that's good so I'm going to try to find a publisher so that's when I I got on um, what is it query.net or querytracker.net and I started looking for publishers that would accept my fantasy novel which I was really in denial about this genre. Like, this isn't a romance novel. It's a fantasy novel. It's got werewolves and elves. But they, yeah, I was really in denial. But so I ended up getting picked up after, what, six submissions with my current publisher. So I had just gotten, yeah, I was, I don't know, just sick of, I didn't want to, all this effort and I didn't want anything to show for it. Plus, everyone knew that I was writing, and they're like, so, when are you going to get published? Because apparently, that's the epitome of accomplishment if you put words to paper is publication. So, that's what lit a fire under my rear end to get published. Amy, can you feel the question? You're kind of jostling around. Sorry, my phone was acting really stupid for a second. Um, I can feel the question. Sorry. Um, so what inspired me to get published? Is that the question? <laughs> um, what inspired me to get published? Basically, again, um, thank you very much to my lovely mother. Uh, she, <clears throat> so I wrote this story, um, which actually was the beginning of my novel Between, which is the first one I read published. Um, and I started putting it on Facebook as um, just little snippets, like in the notes. And I would do like, you know, two or three chapters at a time. And so my mom was like hounding me every single week to write more and to put more up on Facebook because she wanted to know what happened. So I told her, just let me finish it and then you can have the whole thing. So I did that and I stopped putting it up on Facebook and I actually finished it. And then I sent her the whole thing. And in the meantime, while she was reading it, I got a wild hair up my butt to start writing a science fiction romance novel. And it was the most awful, I can't even tell you, it's still in a drawer. There's actually three of them. They're like 125,000 words each. 
ridiculously long, completely complicated, over just beyond, like insta-love, insta-lust, like all the things that you can imagine that are wrong with a newbie writer. Like I did them all, every single one of them all together in one manuscript. So as bad as it was, but I was sitting my butt down in a chair every night at my computer and I was writing. So my mom got back to me and she said, you know, I really think you have something here with this angel novel. I really want you to see what you can do with it. She's like, um, I really think you should try to get it published. And I'm like, oh, publish, publish. You know, I'm just, I don't have time for that. I'm working a full-time job. I have two kids. So I let it sit for like a year and a half every night just for something to do. And then I uh, started thinking more about publishing. And it was like this little worm that earworm that was like burrowing its way into my brain and so then I started submitting so of course the first two places that I submitted to were like big five publishers you know and you get back your rejection letter your form letter that's been photocopied nine million times so it's barely readable and you're like oh that's what I got from Tor yeah bang so it was yeah so I'm like, oh, so I started feeling a little dejected. Then I got a very nice letter from a small publisher. They gave me some really good feedback. They're like, we really like your story. I used a lot. Oh my God, a lot of dialogue tags. Like literally he said, she said, he chuckled, she chuckled, he nodded, she nodded. Every sentence was awful dialogue tags. So they gave me some pointers. I started reading, studying the craft of writing, all these things, listening to podcasts, watching webinars, blah, blah, blah. Tightened up the manuscript and I started submitting again. And then I got an acceptance letter from my current publisher, which is Nevermore Press. And that was the story of Between and it went out. And um, so far, I mean, pretty well received and everybody liked it. And then while all that time that I was doing all those things, I was writing and I had a huge backlog of stories already written. I had Forged in Fire. I had Bound to You. I had um, the beginning of The Alchemist Kiss already laid out. So I was able to bam, 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 release stories like one after the other because I'd already had those backlogged um, and ready to go. So that's kind of how... I guess I got inspired to publish as my mom wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> and um, she kept bugging me until I tried it, at least. So, P, how did you get involved in publishing? This is a story I haven't heard before, so. <laughs> um, I actually got to publishing from blogging. I, became, I started as a blogger in 2000, oh my God, 12, 2012? Because my older brother kept saying, you have a story to tell. I was like, I don't want to write it. He goes, well, in that case, do a blog. I'm like, all right. So I started a blog. My first ever author to hit my blog was Amy Bowley. And she's like, well, I'll give you a book to review. And I was like, okay. After her came um, Valerie Tumbley. Tumblery. And then Renee Mason. And it was Renee one day. I was I wrote like three reviews and she literally goes, Why aren't you writing? I was like, What do you mean? She goes, These reviews read. She goes, You have way too a creative a mind to stay a blogger. 
I'm like, well, I write, you know, but I, I never published. And she's like, why? I don't know. And she's like, you need to publish. I was like, well, it's not something. Just, just publish one book and see what happens. About a week after that, that's when I started Stone Guardian, even though I called it Kissed of Stone or something stupid. <laughs> and it was a really dumb title. I was like, oh, God, this is dumb. And so I wrote it. And I set it aside. I'm never going to let anybody read this. My best friend was like, Paulina, send it to me. She sent it back, and it looked like my third-grade teacher took a red pen and just hit everything in there. And I went back. I corrected it, sent it. And that's basically how I got. I started it. And it's only because, honestly, people pushed me. I would have stayed happy, a happy blogger if people hadn't pushed me. And I have so many... Like, I have so many books, like, just half-written, because I used to just write for fun, that I have goobers of books. Like, I have a thing in my closet, and like um, a plastic thingy, tote thingy, and it's full of just papers. And it's papers from when I used to just write things. And so, sooner or later, I'll publish half of it. But that's how I got into publishing, because there was basically one author believed in me. Renee believed in me, and she said, hey do it. And she kept pushing and she still pushes. <laughs> and I'm published now. And I really like, I honestly, sometimes I get email her anytime and she answers. And when I get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to write anymore. She's like, why? She's like, you're doing great. You're doing great. She goes, look, look how many books you have published. So my publishing started because one author believed in me and pushed me. Ishbel. Let's see, why did I choose to publish? Truthfully, I wanted the validation that I, I was a good writer, a decent writer, and I thought I would be rich. <laughs> that second part didn't pan out very well for me so far. But hey, I got the validation, so halfway there. <laughs> but that's really... All it was, and now I'm just addicted <laughs> to publishing and telling my stories. But originally, it was you know the validation and the you know buy me a yacht. <laughs> so <laughs> take it from there. <laughs> I think a lot of people have the misconception that once you become a published author, you're going to be able to quit your day job and have a summer home in Scotland and um, yeah, we can all attest that is not how that happens. Uh, JK Rowling is like the 0.01% or something. And I did, honestly, I didn't hear about uh, Harry Potter until she was in her fourth book. I think it was when, whenever they were burning the books. And I always make the joke that I just need to write a book that's so good that people will burn it. And then I'll, then I'll be famous because everyone will buy my book to burn it. Not, maybe not ne necessarily the right motivation. That's right. You have to get on the ban list before you become popular. Yeah. Just write a banned book and then and then you got it made because everyone's going to buy it so they can burn it. Not thinking that you still get paid for the book. Um. <laughs> Stepfather, uncle. I'm going to write a stepfather, uncle. Is it going to be romance? Who cares? It's gonna like, be banned. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. 
So on the topic of inspiration, we can talk about what actually inspires our stories. Um, a lot of mine stems from dreams that I have. So my dreams are either off the wall, batshit crazy, or an entire romance novel with subplots. I kid you not. It's like I always joke that it's color and surround sound dreams or just garbage. So you can always tell when I'm getting enough sleep because I'm getting a lot of story ideas because I don't dream when I'm not getting a lot of sleep. So I have I have a binder around here somewhere, one of those big four-inch binders that just says story ideas. And what will happen is I'll wake up, I'll remember my dream, I'll write it down. Um, and then, then I've got the story idea. So my anthology idea, the, um, love through heartache, <clears throat> that was a dream that I had probably 10, 15 years ago. And it's, it's evolved during the course of me writing it, but the base story was a dream that I had. Um, stealing the wolf prints, that was a dream that I had. Um, what... There were some parts parts of the story that didn't necessarily work, so I did some brainstorming and made things work. But the whole, like the scene, if you've read the book, the scene where Kira's in the in the dungeon and she's chained to the ground, being sacrificed to the wolf, that was the dream that I had, and it was so vivid to me that I could I could feel the breath on my neck. It was like the hairs on my neck were raising when I woke up. So I knew that I had, I had a good idea with that one. But, and sometimes I get inspiration from things that I'm reading, movies that I watch, music that I listen to, an offhand comment that someone has said. So I've had, I've had ideas that are just like a fraction of a full concept. Those I save because nine times out of 10, if I have a gap in like a full story concept, I can just grab one of these random ideas that I had and it fits like puzzle pieces. It's really weird. I know if I push it, if I push it too hard, everything will just like not work and fall apart. But if I'm like, okay, this story isn't working, let me not think about it and go do something else. Something will come up that's a perfect fit that solves the problem. And Bob's your uncle, there it is. So that's kind of how my inspiration works, is dreams and then random inspiration that miraculously fits into all the holes that the dream didn't, didn't answer for me. So Amy, where do you get your story ideas? What inspires you for your stories? Um, so story ideas can be from random things, uh, like signs at the grocery store. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was in my grocery store parking lot and we have a bowling alley next door and they had a sign that said, um, playing tomorrow, 19th soul Sherpa. <clears throat> and I'm like, oh my God, that's the fucking best title for a book ever. I have to write it. So immediately my mind was just racing with this story of this 19th soul Sherpa, which by the way, is going to happen sometime in 2018. But um, sometimes it is character names. So that's the way it happened with The Alchemist's Kiss is um, I knew I wanted to write a steampunk novel. And I was like, okay, steampunk. 
And then I was like, I like the name Icarus Kane. That sounds cool as hell. So then I'm like, and he's got a best friend and his name is Archimedes Merriweather. And I'm like, now what kind of mischief did, could these two get up to? You know, and I'm like, okay, so if that's his name, and I went back and forth with like the heroine name like three or four times because she's Southern. So I'm like, I got to have a good, strong Southern name. Like she's got to be tough. So she's Cora May. So then I'm like, you know, and the story just took off from there because I already had a full, like just from their names, these characters were completely fleshed out, you know, and because when you think of a man whose name is Icarus Kane, you immediately think he's a stuck up prick. You know what I mean? Like that, those are the words that you're like, oh my God, you flew too close to the sun, buddy. Like, and so that's exactly his character is he's very haughty. He's very proper and he has all these layers. So I, I, that's where that came from. And, um, songs. So like desolation, uh, music videos are my jam. So I have a huge obsession with YouTube and I can watch music videos literally on end for hours at a time. So like Ed Sheeran's <clears throat> give me love music video was the inspiration for desolation and the stories of mythical madness. And um, we'll get into this later in the podcast, but I actually can't write without a theme song for each one of my stories. It's extremely important and it's part of the flow. So if I don't have it, I can't do it. Um, but my big new thing that I'm super hooked on are called AMVs, anime music videos. So they take clips from animes and they put them together and they set them to music. And it can be anime I've never seen, like The Boy and the Beast, which now I'm obsessed and have to see. But the, it like goes perfectly with the song, you know? So it always inspires me. It like sets me on fire and I'm immediately like, I have to write about this theme of whatever the song's about, you know? So it could be Forged in Fire came from the song, I Will Not Bow by Breaking Benjamin. Basically, I would rather set the world on fire than be on my knees in front of somebody else, you know? And so that's, that's my main character. He he was ready to sacrifice everything, willing to sacrifice everything for, you know, his vow to protect his planet. So that's kind of how it works for me. I, it could be a song. Um, I don't really, I try not to get too inspired by other people's books. Not that they don't inspire me, but sometimes you find yourself like osmosising their ideas a little bit. So. I try to keep away from that and try not to read anything too close to the genre that I'm currently writing because then I tend to suck up their style and sometimes their voice and the way they write. So I try not to do that, but um, I have been inspired by books before, movies and TV shows and that kind of thing. P, what about you? Oh, sorry. Um, hi. Well, what I get my story ideas from people um, I work in such an environment that I get weird ass people. Um, since I have nowhere, anywhere on my blog, anywhere where I work, I can say this. Those people are batshit crazy. Um, and so I, one guy that comes to get drinks, he looks like a troll. And I honestly was looking at him like, how the fuck can anyone like him? And I was like, ooh, troll story. So I'm working on a story where a troll lives in Joshua Tree National Park and he finds love. That's where I got him from. 
which is sad because he still comes to my window. I'm like, I've got the perfect woman for you. Go live in the desert. Um, I also get my story ideas just, I know this is going to sound so weird, just from my head. Like, I am one of those people that sit down. I'm like, hmm, I need to write a story. One day late at night, there was a, oh, that's a good story. Like, just from a few words, a story takes place in my head, and I sit there talking to myself, and I flesh it out. So my brain is constantly making up stories, and I think it's because maybe I started so young that I already have an imagination. I used to tell myself stories to go to bed. So to me, making up a story is very easy. So... Like, my favorite story as a young child to tell myself was that I was an alien coming to Earth and I had, like, this huge, like, suit on, I guess. And I would get to Earth and I was, like, the queen of the aliens or a princess. And I would come down and I would land and everybody would be standing around so scared to see what I look like. I still and tell myself I had a that whole story. What are you talking story about? Story fleshed out, huh? I still tell myself that story. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, but that was my whole story. I had a spaceship, again, just like Jamestown. I knew what the spaceship looked like, how many rooms. I knew everything about this world. And I used to tell myself this story going to sleep every night almost. So I think my brain just kind of makes up things. And now that I'm writing them down, I have way too many ideas. So I have to just carry, like I say, these little books around. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, God, shut up, brain. I need to write this one, not you. So my story ideas just pop in my head. Or trolls that I work with. Okay, ish. Oh, let's see. I think I get a majority of my stories just through reading, watching TV, but a lot of them I have to thank my husband for. Sometimes we just, on long car drives, you know, we live roughly 30 miles from the main city where we have to do our grocery shopping and stuff since we live in the middle of freaking nowhere. So we have a lot of time to talk, <laughs> you know, it's about 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back. And sometimes, you know, I'll be like, well, I got these characters in my head and I'll be like, but they're doing this, but I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, how about, and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, he just, and my husband's quite funny. So I, that's where I get a lot of the humor in my stories. If you, <laughs> They're corny sometimes, the humor, but it's me and my husband. We really are just. Yeah, we're crazy that way, I guess. But I get a lot of ideas by bouncing them off of, yes, I love my husband. That's right, heart. <laughs> but I get a lot of my ideas through him by just talking it out. Um, like what, like you guys said, watch TV. You know, we're watching Walking Dead. You know, if I wrote a zombie, how could I make it different? You know, what are the important things you have to have versus what, you know, what you can get away with? being different you know we talk about those things and it just it creates stories so I mean actually I owe a lot of my story ideas to my husband you know he pulls up random things hey did you see this in the news today <laughs> what so that's where they come from for me yes I love my hubby <laughs> well that's good because you're stuck with him <laughs> So that was all the questions I had for all of us to answer involving inspiration. And I know, uh, Amy, you had said you were going to go into more of your theme song um, thing. Did you mean at a later podcast, or did you want to elaborate more on that during this podcast? 
I thought we had discussed one of our questions would be what inspires us when we're stuck in a rut? That's or a good question. Our stories are stuck. So for myself specifically, um, and this just happened to me, I realized that I was trying to write a story and I did not have a theme song. So part of my usual MO is that, um, you know, I have the song and it pretty much, I listen to it on repeat and I kind of let it get me in the mood and it gives me the vibe of the story. Like if it's real tough and hard and fast and I'm like, okay, or if it's real soft and sweet, you know, depending on what the story is supposed to be about. So as you guys know, I'm searching YouTube frantically looking for a theme song for the story that I was trying to write. Um, and then when I finally found it, it's a giant epiphany for me because it elicits all these emotions inside me that are absolutely necessary for me to be able to write it on paper. Yes, the, it elicits emotions inside me, okay? And it was not Kenny G, so we were good. But that's what I need is I have to have an emotional stimulation. Um, usually music, sometimes music videos, I have, no, I have a thing for music videos, but if I could produce and direct music videos, I think my life would be cool, but that's a whole different story. Anyway, so yeah, so I found out that, you know, I, it helped me get over this hump that I had found myself kind of stuck on because I did not have the right, uh, I wasn't in the right frame of mind, I guess, to write the story that I was trying to write. And the music really put me there. So that's how I get over, like when I'm stuck in a rut or I can't move forward. So Elle, what inspires you when you're stuck? I'm not really sure. I call it inspiration. So if I'm stuck, if a story, if I sit down and I'm bored, or if I sit down and I'm like, I don't know what these characters are doing, I kind of try to take a step back and look at the overall, like how I want people to feel, what I wanted the characters to accomplish, and how I wanted them to grow. Because if your characters don't have growth throughout the story, what's the point of the story? Sure, they can save the planet, but if they don't learn that, I don't know, they have a fear of heights and how to get over it, what's the point? So, and this kind of goes back to my, my original, um, if I've got a hole somewhere, I just wait for the inspiration to come. That's kind of how I handle, like, writer's walk. So I, I normally have a couple projects going. So something is in, in the writing phase, something I can edit, and something I can brainstorm. Um, so honestly, if I'm working on something and I'm stuck, like the characters are just not behaving, I'll do something else and I'll wait for inspiration to strike. Because I can't, I've tried, like you, I tried to force a story when I wasn't feeling it and the writing was flat and the story was flat and the story was boring. And as an author, I know if what I'm writing is boring, the reader's going to be bored too. So I just learned not to, not to push it and keeping several projects kind of on the burners, although not in the same stage of their production really helps because I can change gears and let something simmer and work on something else. So it's not necessarily, getting inspired past writer's block it's just kind of understanding my process so that i end up with a better product what about you p how do you deal with getting stuck and what inspires you i stop writing um, <laughs> um let me see i when i get stuck on one story i have like 20 open right now 
So if one story is kicking me in the butt, I'm like, okay, screw you. Next one. All right, screw you. Next one. <laughs> I inevitably circle back to the one I'm supposed to be writing because I'm like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, but that's a good idea for this one. So I think I just kind of take my brain into a different direction until rocks rumble out. Just because if I'm stuck, it, my writing becomes very, very stilted. If I try to like, I don't see the big picture. I'm a panster. Panster? Panster? Whatever. But I can't plan. So if I try to force a story and it's not flowing, it, come out, it comes out so horribly stilted that I go back and read it and I'm like, oh, this sounds horrible. So I have to move on to the next book and then just come back to it. That's just the way my brain works. It's part of, I guess, my, just part of me. Just move on. Come back to it later. I have uh, one book I need to go back and write. Oh, I will at one point. But um, one example I can say is if um, my captive guardian, that book, it was annoying me because he wouldn't do what he was supposed to do, the main character, Michael. Come to find out, I was trying to force him into a relationship he shouldn't have been in, and the girl I was trying to force him with ended up with two mates because she needed two to handle her, and he needed a male. So sometimes it's not really writer's block. It's us trying to force ourselves onto our characters, and that's why I need to take a step back and think, okay, what's the personality? Fine, screw you. We'll go your direction and see how it goes. So that's how I kind of get over mine. Ish? I don't think I get actual writer's block. I get lazy ass. I just, I don't feel like it. So I'm not going to. Um, I don't write on one story at one time, though. Uh, I write anywhere from two to three books at a time, which is, if you guys haven't noticed, when I release a book, there's usually one or two that follow pretty quick. It's because I've been writing them all at the same time. So... <laughs> That's just how I work. Um, it's not that I don't have inspiration. Sometimes I do. I, I'm like like Amy. Sometimes music. If I hear the right song on the radio, just you know, coming from town or whatever, or just listening to radio while I'm cleaning the house, it'll hit me the right night way, and I'll be like, oh my god, I need to write this scene. It, it just happens. But I, I don't. If I make days to just plan and sit there well i'm gonna write today guess what happens i play world of warcraft I, because i didn't feel like it so it's not that i have writer's block it's just some days i have i just don't feel like it and then you know the other side jobs i do and just you know regular life sometimes i just i don't want a word it's really that simple so Okay. Do we make up half our words? I'm sorry, real fast. Like we were like, we don't want a people. Now we don't want a word. We're authors. We're allowed to make up words. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it's yeah. yeah, it's our thing. We can make up words. I don't, I don't feel like wording word today. today. I don't want a word today. <laughs> I hear a lot of people say they don't want a people, so it's not just us. But it's just started a new movement of I don't want a word today. Well, You'll be able to hear that in your vernacular very shortly because you'll probably hear me saying, I don't want a word today. Might not necessarily follow my own advice, but I will probably say, I don't want a word, and then I'll write anyway. <laughs> so then um, I think that concludes everything that we are inspired by, unless anyone wants to cut in with anything additional. Um, I think we've been yakking for about 
45 minutes. I don't know. But thank you for joining us. If you like the podcast, please like, comment, and share. If you listen on iTunes, please, please, please leave a review. That helps people find us. This has been episode number 48. Have a good night.